All right. Union of the Unwanted back January 17th, 2022. Holy moly. Ricky, take it away, please. And you dig it! Welcome back, everybody. I'm super excited to see all these familiar faces and some new faces, which is awesome, which I, which I love because uh, I've been a fan of uh, the Convo Couch for a while. So um, I'm glad that, that you joined us. But yeah, so today we're going to, well, of course, I'll remind everybody the Union of com. That's where you can find the links to our merch, our channels that we're on. Uh, this is live streamed on Rockfin, so subscribe to us on Rockfin, and then from there, uh, within like a day or two, it's available everywhere. So if you want to see it exclusively live on Rockfin, check out Rockfin.com. One of the few places that uh, you can have these just open discussions like this. So definitely support plat- platforms like them. And many of the people on this show are also on Rockfin, so uh, you'll be able to get their content also but we're going to do a show on something that uh sam's been saying for a while that we need to uh we need to talk about and i i agree a hundred percent it's definitely something that um just like a lot of things we talk about on the show little by little the truth is seeping out and people's opinions are, are changing so uh sam you want to you want to jump in let us uh, let everybody know what we're, we're discussing today yeah thank you thank you uh hi everybody uh, looking to, forward to another awesome year of the union of the unwanted i think it's probably one of the most important conversations that happens on the internet so it's always a pleasure to be uh arm in arm with all you guys going to war uh today we're going to talk about january 6th and what what it represents and all the chaos of it and the ridiculous of ridiculousness of it uh versus what happened the year before you know i i mean personally i just think it's hilarious where we went through a year of uh you know antifa blm burning down middle and lower class businesses because the system had systematic prejudice and then when quote unquote people marched to revolt against the government which created the system it's like you can't do that you know my my favorite part of this whole thing and we got so many great people here to discuss it is that this deadly insurrection this coup d'etat started at noon and then ended at 6 p.m which is like totally what happens during violent government overthrows they they're all done by uh dinner time so the cops are like you don't have to go home but you can't stay here and everybody listened to it it's absolutely hilarious and it just i i just sometimes i think they're just testing us to see how dumb we are and what we'll put up with. But I I, I, I want to give the floor to anybody who wants to jump in. I'm super excited about I think this is an important conversation because they're trying to come after, quote unquote, domestic terrorists, which is all part of their ploy. So, yeah, man. I know. Well, since I got to jump out in 20 minutes and I was there, I figured that, you know, I'll give my opinion on the whole deal. Uh, it's funny. So. Obviously, I put out all my footage. I got onto the second level of the building. I never went outside. I never caused any violence. I didn't go there because I'm a MAGA guy. I went there because it was very apparent to me that, number one, it was going to be a huge news event, and number two, the national election had been blatantly and openly stolen. Now, I'm standing next to probably Associated Press, Getty Images, probably 10 yards away from me at no point. Did I fear for my life or my safety in any way, shape, or form? I have been at concerts that were more dicey, let alone actual, you know, um, like 
I, I've covered a bunch of protests. I've been to the G8. I've done a lot of this stuff. I've been in crowds of tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of people. This was nothing like that. And I gave a similar account to a place called the RC Reader. It is a uh, publication out here that's been around for well over a decade in the Quad Cities. And they took myself, Pat Milicic, who, who was there, accounts, and other people. And there's this crypto meeting um, that a bunch of my buddies attend. I've only attended once. I got a bad vibe from the bartender who told me to trust the science in regards to the shots. And lo and behold, he saw this newspaper, and this was just uh, past Tuesday, so six days ago, and had a complete meltdown to the point where after he said that Pat Militic should be shot, and I, of course, am a crazy person that should not be listened to, he went on for another 10-minute tirade, the audio of which I probably could not play <laughs> on any YouTube-type uh, program because he, he melted down. People are totally gone, man. All I'm asking for is one person, one vote, accountability, and audit, using the technology to empower us through free elections instead of enslaving us through false fractional voting. Uh, so that's my little tidbit. Jason Burmas. Thank you, Jason. Thank well, you. Do, do you want to get into what, what you saw while you're there? And, and I mean, did you see anything that was weird? Anything that I mean, what do I what do I got to put up? I, you know, it's funny. I, I guess I have my hard drive connected that has all my January footage or uh, January 6th footage on there. So we could actually put some stuff on screen. Um, let me let me bring some of it up. But again, you know, there's I'm not screaming for my life. I'm not looking at, you know, rubber bullets aren't coming at me. Uh, here's a good clip. Let's see if we can bring that right up. There we go. So I'm going to turn the volume way down. But as you can see, like there's not a huge police presence over here. If I swing my camera to the right, which I inevitably will, um, there are, again, a bunch of people up there just hanging off. The police aren't doing anything. No one's acting violent. This is from the second level to the third level. Uh, let me see if I can get the sledgehammer being passed up. And then, again, the guy who passed up the sledgehammer, he didn't seem to get in any trouble. Here's that footage. <laughs> Here it comes. And uh, you can see where the uh, police and the protesters are actually physically clashing. They hand the sledgehammer over to the police. That's how violent the insurrections in us were. Take a look, and this is the reporter right next to me, all masked up. You know, talk about bravado, talk about showmanship. What is that doing? Absolutely nothing. You're seeing it, there it goes. Now watch, they hand up and there's the sledgehammer and here you go, police. That's it. <laughs> That's how violent they were. You know, I mean, what else do I have to say? What else do I have to show? This stuff, it, it is... So obvious as I swing through all of it. This is the most violence I saw, and people that attacked anybody should absolutely be charged. But how many of these people that were attacking, that were spraying the bear mace back in, were federal assets or informants? That's well, the real question. Let's tee that up and let's back it up a little bit, too, because earlier that morning, Jason and I were standing in front of the backpack pile at like, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. We couldn't live stream because the signal jamming was random. <clears throat> it was really frustrating. Pasta was there with this as well. It was um, it was like lame day drunk Woodstock. All right. It what the the vibe was. I. I insanely mellow there were people if if you would have told me that a violent angry mob of white supremacists were going to overthrow the government nearly 
overthrow the government and uh, rain terror down upon God's favorite Western democracy, I, I would not have believed you. I would not have. I wouldn't have. And flash forward to while Trump is talking, there are people who are taking down barricades, who are removing signs, who are cutting fence and rolling it away in front of security. And security is doing absolutely nothing. There's communication between these parties. It's on video. There's deliberate antagonization directing people another direction. It, it is a coordinated effort to get all of the people who are still listening to Trump, who were there because they saw a constitutional right to express themselves and air their grievances because they justifiably believed the election was fraudulent. That's why the vast majority of those people were there. Let's get that clear. There were not, you know, violent, angry mobs roaming D.C. all day. If there were violent, angry mobs roaming D.C. all day, then we would have seen like if we had our actual militia presence there. Those people are well trained, well armed. We would have known we would have seen the results of that. But they're not stupid enough to walk into a trap like that, which is why they weren't there. Uh, and also, we know that it's a full on setup too, uh, Steve, as you were saying, because the what did they say? The, the reason why they didn't attack these people, but they did attack previous attempts to you know, disrupt the Capitol is because they're racist. So previous times they did try to push away because they're racist. Those people had, you know, black people amongst them, but this was mostly white people. And so that's why they just let them go at it, which is complete bullshit. They're all, you know, diverse crowds, but this is the narrative we're supposed to believe. Just racism. I've got a quick question. So, I mean, everyone who is talking, pretty savvy, pretty pretty familiar with COINTELPRO and federal agents that are planted in protests. Um, did it ever occur to you that, oh, we're showing up and it's going to be a trap? Maybe we should just all pull back and not participate in what's obviously going to be a trap. Well, I didn't participate in the sense that I didn't cause any violence and I didn't go inside. No, right? I understand but that, the, but just showing up in, in general. Well, again, you know, my whole journey is uh, on tape. So, you know, for, for, for just someone like me who wasn't even going to go up to the Capitol, right? I knew that there was later on... Um, there was going to be the permit thing behind the Capitol, but that was a couple hours away. And I was actually with Dylan Avery uh, of Loose Change, who we just happened to see each other there. And he got a phone call that someone had been shot. So Ashley Babbitt had already been shot by the time I started making my movement towards the Capitol. That's number one. Okay. Number two, when I got there, all the barriers were down. Okay. So like this is probably, I mean, let me just bring this up right here. So this is me on the way to the Capitol building, and this is just walking with a crowd. So at this point, I really don't have uh, any idea of what's going to be when I when I get about a mile up. So then when I finally do get about a mile up, this is about as far back, and you can see the scaffolding in the background, okay? So you're just amongst a crowd of people. You didn't even know there were barriers in front of where I was standing at that point. Um, next video, I get a little closer, <laughs> And now we're at almost the first level, okay? So we get up past the scaffolding. I think the scaffolding is going to be right behind me uh, to my right. And it's at that point, I mean, the Capitol is full of people. The bleachers aren't full, but I'm not seeing any white supremacists. I'm not seeing, you know, any rebel flags. I'm not seeing any lynchings or hangings or violence or police shoving or any of it. It's not happening. I mean, take a good look, guys. It's, it's all right here. Again, it felt like a Dave Matthews concert. And here I am right here 
up on the uh, second level finally. Do I look like I'm in fear of my life? Am I a bun around a bunch of violent extremists? Please take a look. I'm easily handling reporting, showing everybody how many people are around. And actually, this is the footage that uh, NBC stole from me and called their exclusive. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about insanity here. And, you know, I know there are uh, people that probably have done, did less than I did and got charged, but I don't see why I would have been charged with anything or why this is me falling for everything. Anything. I'm, I'm covering what appears to be a bunch of peaceful protesters upset at their government for a severely rigged election. Yeah. By the well, way, nobody thought that I was saying Master. because you were there that you had fallen no. for a trap. I just meant no. our militia people knew not to yes. go in with guns blazing. I've used this this <laughs> quote before that if if the patriots went to take the building, if they were see any weapons whatsoever, that sledgehammer might be been the closest thing we saw to a weapon. Period. And we were also out the night before too. Me, Steve. Jason Burmis with our good friend Johnny uh, Tsunami, uh, and we were out there talking to a lot of people. We went and witnessed. We talked to Proud Boys. We saw the Antifa crowd on the other side, whatnot. But this was a stop the steal rally. That's why we went. You know, as a common sense leftist who's into election integrity, I was eager to show up there to educate people and talk to people about elections. And we ran into uncles, aunts, grandpas, newborn babies, whatnot. You know what I'm saying? And what Jason is showing is the group up front. The majority of the group was back and they were very polite, very gentle, and they were a little bit bewildered by what was going on. They were like, well, that seems a little rowdy up there. But the majority of the crowd, they was just there because they simply thought the election was stolen from them. And I also want to point out that the people at the ellipse that were there for the Donald Trump speech, they didn't even make it to the Capitol by every, by the time everything went down. It's a 40 minute hike. In fact, I believe Tracy Beans tweeted that we're not even at the Capitol yet as all the stuff was hell was breaking loose at the Capitol. And and also the last thing I'm going to mention before I hand over the microphone too as well is that we attended a forced to vote rally where the offices of Congress were. There was twice as many police there uh, than there were at the Capitol. It's like they didn't want to get help over there. We saw that that one video of the guy saying, call for backup. Why aren't you calling for backup? They can get backup like that. They had it for the Stop the Steal rally where there were 60 of us. They were out there with heavy artillery. We didn't see the same thing for the Stop the Steal rally at all. He, he's talking about directly across the street 48 hours prior. Yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah. Steve and Pasta, I, I just want to really stress that you guys i would consider you guys i'm a i'm a liberal but i can i consider you guys uh left leftists right i mean would you say that am i wrong on that so Steve? like this is no, not a, no. <laughs> <laughs> me you can yeah Steve, I, you I sound like one i do what what, what would you consider yourself an ar anarchist i think that's kind of like a, a, a left upset yeah, I'm, right? I'm i'm more on the the side of of uh anarchic right but I, like that, the that point of me yeah, but go ahead. Yes. The point for, of me for saying the, that isn't that you're a you're a right wing crazy. You know, not that anybody here is a right wing crazy, but that's what they're gonna want to label us as we have this conversation. Is that this? Oh, he's a right wing crazy. I'm a bleeding heart old school liberal man. Live and let live. As long as you're not hurting people, in particular children. I don't care what a consenting adults do. So I consider myself uh, uh, a liberal. I can I would say, Steve, I think you're even farther out than me, maybe. But and the point of this is that we're not right winged whack jobs here that people are going to want to uh, use this label to dismiss the facts that are being said right here. 
I consider myself to be a leftist libertarian, right? You know, I have a lot of socialistic views that are economical, you know, the, not really when it comes to the cultural stuff. I stay away from that because I think it's awful. Uh, but I also like, you know, I'm proud about some of my libertarian views with freedom of speech. I'm for civil liberties. I'm an anti-interventionist. And that's why I kind of highlight that what's going on because the left has completely abandoned those values whatsoever. They don't care about that. They're very authoritarian. You know, they'll give up. They don't understand power, right? Uh, and what's being happened over this situation, I feel bad for Senator Ron Johnson, who said these were loving, peaceful people that were there at that rally, because most of them were. We went there to educate them on elections because we've been involved in elections for so long. The only mistake that I'm pissed off is that we continue try to, to we continued to try and live stream when our, our signals were getting jammed. Therefore, we didn't get a lot of stuff uh, documented until we said, all right, enough is enough. Let's just stop and let's just start filming this whole situation. But believe you me, this was all about the elections, period. They they sent something. They saw it wasn't right. And, you know, the thing that me and Fiorella said when we were there, we like looked at each other and we had been through the 2016 uh, DNC lawsuit where the Democratic lawyer, Bruce Spiva, said in the courtroom that the Democratic Party can go in the back room filled with cigar smoke and pick whoever we want. We had looked at the situation. And we said the progressives should have done this in 2016. They should have had their butts out here demanding that they fix the elections, but they didn't. Instead, they played team sports, and this is where we're at. Mayor, come, you want to jump? Oh, go ahead. How come it doesn't get talked about the timing of this whole thing? Like, I happened to be at home that day watching C-SPAN, which was just a, you know, a train wreck in itself. Riveting day. Right, right, when, right when the Arizona guy was talking about the 300,000 messed up votes, whatever he was saying, I mean, it was the creepiest thing. It was like, oh, there's been a breach. I mean, you could hear them say, oh, there's been a breach. And everything gets shut down. And then, then they never revisit all that. I mean, it seems to me like it was an operation preventing these states from decertifying the votes. I mean, how come, how come that never gets discussed, really? I mean, it was pretty obvious, the timing. All it takes is for somebody to signal, okay, it's getting a little too hot in here with these, uh, this decertification process. Knock on the window. There's been a big breach. And then the whole narrative gets shifted over and they, they lose that whole day. Nobody gets to go back and actually go over the evidence. Yeah. It's almost like when the towers fell down and so many billions were just gone and we never talked about it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that the, the deep state, the intelligence apparatus, the government, the shadow government, whoever you want to talk about right now, right? I think they counted on it being a lot bigger of a tragedy than really it, what had happened. You know, like the instigators didn't get the job done at the end of the day. You know, in fact, I felt like a lot of patriots who did march that day were proud that they marched peacefully and that they didn't tear anything down. Like they wanted to show that because you know how Donald Trump says, we're the party of law and order. They wanted to show that they were proud. Like this is how you peacefully protest. So, I mean, I just think that the, there was something planned that didn't happen. And instead of saying there were 50 to 100 deaths or there were 200 deaths, they got to say there's five. And now you can't even connect the dots that way. I mean, our footage, the convo couches footage was stolen uh, and used by about 35 outlets that don't want to pay us right now because the FBI used our our footage of these two bozos going, get the bear mace, get the bear mace. No, 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 not yet, not yet. You know what I'm saying? So I think they wanted something bigger and bolder to happen, but it didn't happen. Plans were foiled because you know as well as I do, you know, these Second Amendment absolutists, these, you know, patriots of sorts, what they like to call themselves, if they wanted to overturn the government, we would have saw weapons. They would have been still locked down in there today. That wasn't the case. They were 100%. there because there was a stop the steal rally. 
100%. Yeah, I think we're so we're we're in the reaction phase of this whole thing, right? So January sixth was the problem. We're in the reaction phase, and we're going to see what the ultimate solution is. And I was curious. So you guys that were there, um, did you see any sort of like Antifa presence in the form of like Black Bloc or like them showing up and representing the how they before, normally do? Yeah. I did. I yeah. did. Go ahead, but, Mary. Mary, but, go ahead. We'd love to hear you. Thank you. I wanted to say, first of all, I'm very happy to be here in that during the uh, deadly insurrection week, I said to the universe, I would so love to sit on a panel because I have this whole folder, which I'm not expecting you to to see, but I did share it because I ended up showing my footage to Rudy Giuliani. And before I share that story, if you will allow me, let's let's go back to just the Stop the Steal movement. I was at the at Ampfest in Florida, and the Stop the Steal movement began pretty early on after the election was stolen, arguably. And first, when I saw Ali, who you might remember, when I just scanned him energetically, I'm like, that guy is a con artist. So here we are, fast forward. Ali is at this event, which president said is going to be wild, which I it echoes in my mind when I think of whether we got caught in a live action role play. So I was on my way listening to President Trump, and I also asked the universe, please let me scan this man. And I was like six feet apart from him. And I was like, oh, he's behind bulletproof now. So scanned him, and he's not like, an evil swamp creature, but when I scanned him, what came to mind? Oh, he's an actor, but he's a playing himself. That's why he's so good at it. So I'm seeing people going toward the Capitol. I'm asking, and I'm listening to the con to the to the congressional. I'm listening to on my earbuds, and I'm like, where is everyone going? And they're like, Pence is a traitor. Pence is a traitor. I'm like, Pence hasn't even spoken yet. So let's, um, I'm looking at, I did a five-part piece at the whole thrust of this to disrupt the electoral college. And I think that summed up at two o'clock in the morning and it was 13 electors and, and I might be wrong, but it dwindled to four. So now I'm walking towards, towards um, and I go really up close and I had already, I got tear gassed once and then I wanted to go back. <clears throat> so I'm on the side looking at the pink hat woman with the, and I'm like, who's that woman? So when I was scanning people, because I was looking for a man, be honest, to keep me protected, because I wanted to go back in. And I'm, I'm like, who are these people? These people are like just um, background actors. These are not patriots. And I fall upon one guy and I say, for whatever reason, do you work with Matt Couch? And he's like, I'm here as his videographer. So he knows detail, worked for Trump, ends up like protecting me. We get tear gassed again, go really up close. And I'm just looking for patterns. And I look and I'm like, green, green backpack, green cap, green t-shirt. I hear the words like, wear green, because I've been on Hollywood sets. I know how background actors are um, directed. And then there's a guy beside me and I, and I, I said, uh, what, what's going on here? And this man, Jason, that I was with, Funes, and I are screaming, stop the, stop the violence. And we're watching <clears throat> uh, 
um, before getting tear gassed again. And I'm like, to the guy, I'm like, what's do you think is going to be accomplished here? And he's like, well, we got to take out the swamp creatures and clear the swamp. And I, I thought I, I said, like, is this a episode of Game of Thrones? Like, what exactly is going to be accomplished? And he sounded like he was paid. Um, and then we got tear gassed. And I also saw Waldo upon near the scaffolding, like, where's Antifa? Where's Waldo? And um, the next day I ended up sharing this, this footage to Rudy. I was told, you know, come to the Willard. And I walk into the room and I'm like a little fly on the wall. They don't know my big mouth. And, and uh, Tori is there and Millie Weaver is there. And what came to mind was, oh, is this gonna just end up being a documentary? And if anyone, read Patrick Burney's excellent six-part series. He talks about how Rudy was very focused on his show and drinking, and he did bring up the show while I was there. And uh, in the end, I uploaded all this footage and nothing came of it. So thanks for listening to, to this little piece of the puzzle, because we all hold pieces of the puzzle. We clearly know this was bullshit. So I, I gotta I gotta jump, fellas. But if you guys are looking at my screen again, this is the actual event, and this is how violent it was. This isn't even at the Capitol, you know. Again, these are people watching a screen for the most part with American flags that are trying to protest the election. And even when you actually get to the event, ninety nine point nine percent of it looks like this. So I implore people to watch my raw footage. Uh, I wish I could stay further. I'm going on quite frankly in three minutes, uh, but keep up the good work, Ricky. I'm very glad you're on band video and we're going to continue to expand. I get back on YouTube tomorrow, hopefully, and maybe I'm going to last more than 48 hours there. We'll see. I love you guys. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Super interesting. All the stuff going on and like, you really got to juxtaposition against what the, you know, the environment of the country. We had just gone through like this insane race war stuff where, you know, you have this situation with George Floyd. Uh, nobody's talking about what's really going on. There's a lot of stuff with that video that doesn't make sense. I think one thing that's very interesting about that video is we're like right in the middle of the thick of the coronavirus, yet nobody in the video has a mask on. Nobody. Not the not well, the EMTs, not the not anything. Nobody Thomas does. Lane, Thomas Lane and one background actor. I'm writing a book on George Floyd. And then the next day, Jason Fry brought in the mask mandates as everyone's saying, I can't breathe. You're behind your face diaper. Yeah. So so we got that going on. You know what that represents? George Floyd, who just happened to work at the same place that the cop who likes put his knee on his neck which you know the question is did did uh chauvin deserve to go to jail 100 man you have a guy ODing right there as an emergency response person you 100 have to help that guy and you did so you go to jail for that but you know what nobody wants to talk about is like what is george floyd doing what is he do? he's passing off counterfeit bills okay where does he get those counterfeit bills and how does the mexican how, cartel yeah and where's that coming through this nightclub that they both worked at that's very convenient that the guy that worked at the nightclub with him is the guy that has his knee on his fucking back so anyways we have this all going on 
people are rioting. They're burning down middle-class businesses. The cops can't stop this no matter how much they want to. They can't stop this. It goes on for days. You have CNN talk about how these are peaceful protesters. Outside my studio, people I know were burning down businesses, breaking into businesses, causing chaos in the name of uh, racial injustice, okay? So I mean, and dude, there's no people on where my where my my studio is that are just are super elite people. These are like these are blue collar restaurants that are are being taken out. Yes, they broke into Apple. Yes, they did some stuff on tar Starbucks. But man, I mean, these are blue collar businesses, and people are just like demanding racial strife. Okay, none of these Antifa people or these BLM people walk down a couple blocks to where Beverly Hills is. Nothing happens there. They only happen in these blue collar neighborhoods. Okay, so we have all this stuff going on with this over riots. They can't stop the riots. Blue collar businesses are, are being taken out. But all of a sudden, people march on the system that has caused systematic oppression. And now the left is losing their mind. You can't do that. You can't do that. What are you talking about? Like, I'm not saying that you should go to 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 uh, Washington, D.C. and burn it down. But I'm saying if we're talking about a system that needs a reset, why are you upset that they're marching on the place where the system is being created okay so no apply sense. apply the full context sam because we're are this is january 2021 we're already a year into or almost a year into mass formation if that's something that, that that's a theory that you agree with there have been people that have been fully broken at this point the whole weaponization of the coronavirus as a political cudgel has been in existence now long enough to birth the baby okay it's been there that long it's been beaten over everybody's head day in and day out. Now you've got DHS memos and you've got uh, all of the national security people for the last year saying that there is going to be a massive domestic terror event incoming, 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 any day, any day, any day, any day. So that narrative gets seeded down to some degree to the shit libs that are drinking in headlines every day. So, of course, when they hear that there's going to be a massive MAGA rally at the Capitol on January 6th, they're absolutely going to be screaming, shut it down, the evil white supremacists are going to be taking over the country. And it just so happens that in that emergency spending bill that Donald Trump signed just a week before the the insurrection that he first vetoed and said no i'm not going to do it and then said oh wait no everybody needs 600 bucks right it, it'll be just after christmas but hey better late than never ship that out there was 182 million dollars that was earmarked for repairing and replacing any damaged furniture or the grounds in and around the capitol building that was just tucked in there all nice and neat. Corey Bush, who hadn't even been elected or hadn't even been sworn in yet, had domestic terror legislation with her name on it, ready to go the next day. We now have this domestic violent extremist that's 85% of the country that's just kind of ready there and waiting. You know, so in, in full contact, man, it makes so much sense. I'll shut up now. Have you guys seen uh, the Ted Cruz 
questioning the FBI official. Yeah. And, you know, asking like how many agents and informants were there, asking who Ray Epps is. I know the Convo Couch did uh, some good videos. I don't recall who the person was, but it was a mysterious person that was also there who was showing up in different places. And talking about John Sullivan? Yes. Yeah. Because that's the key factor. Because I just want to piggyback a little bit too and say, um, and I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about the Sam when I come more on your show too as well. The same tactics that were used in nine in nine eleven, excuse me, January six are the same tactics that are used in a lot of those uh, Black Lives Matter rallies and whatnot. I mean, yeah, um, you'll see people like John Sullivan, right, who was who filmed Ashley Babby getting shot, going in, acting as a as, as a Trumper, and instigating whatnot. You know, we also did a video of him. We caught him at a, a Black Lives Matter rally. You know, where he was cursing, you know, uh, Donald Trump and saying he should be hung and all this other BS and bullshit. You have a lot of that going on on both sides. Remember the bricks just appearing out of nowhere in the middle of the streets? The one thing I can say about this situation is that on January 6th, the Patriots didn't fall for the duping. Where you see a lot of times in a lot of these Black Lives Matter rallies That's and whatnot. That's important. They, yeah. They fall does, for it. But it yeah. doesn't matter, though, because they got what they wanted. They got their day destroyed. But yeah. they, they don't have they, they don't they have want? to show we'll they don't have to that. show everybody all the people counting their I don't votes think the narrative and, and worked, going, man. I what? think it's I don't think the narrative yeah. worked and they're moving forward with it, but I think more and more people are waking up to it. And so I don't think they got what they wanted. I know they created the domestic terrorist bureau, but I mean like I think the narrative is just more and more people waking up to these psyops on psyops that people are running on us. Well, how much of this do you guys think was a uh, a prevention for Trump running again? Maybe the the long game was making sure that you know they pin this to him and make sure he never runs again. I mean, they went to quite a. I mean, regardless of what people think of Trump, but they're obviously going to quite uh, you know extremes to make sure that he's out of the picture forever. I mean, obviously him being banned on every social media platform, the pushing of the Russia Gate thing. I mean, they'll go to the you know quite a go pretty extreme to make sure that he's out of the picture. Do you guys think that was a, a part of it, a part of the plan to kind of... No, no. no, I think it's made him stronger. I think it's. I think he's got more followers. He looks like the true victim now, right, as things are going on. He's one of the most polarizing candidates. I, I believe that Trump is part of the whole theater at this point, to be perfectly honest with you, because when it comes to something important, whether it be, you know, uh, Bitcoin, whether it be Edward Snowden, uh, WikiLeaks, the va- now he's a vaccine salesman going out there. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I do honestly believe that he's part of this whole theater right now. Uh, and he was definitely meant to be there. I mean, he did, he did a great job in the WWE as a heel, and they just use him in the same sense over here. So the more they pick on him and push against him, and he's going to run again, right? Like, he played ball at the end of the day. You know, he's going to be able to run again. They didn't impeach him, so he'll be coming back. And God only hope to help us now if we get a Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump in 2024. I think I'm going to move to Nicaragua, not just go cover stories there. That chick is like, I mean, if she wasn't such a, you know, baby drink, blood drinking reptilian, I'd be like, she should do TED Talks on just believing in yourself against all odds. I mean, she like a master class on resilience, apparently. Right? Four years. I mean, that is what she's doing. <laughs> but nobody would take it. That's why she had to have a couple of people that she had dirt on plant some stories that she should run for president. Now I she's agree. generating a little interest in her master class. Well, she obviously doesn't check her internet because if she did, she realized anytime she gets posted, she gets her mangina kicked in. Okay. Um, I mean, what has she had 
more fail uh presidential bids or podcast this chick comes out with a new podcast every other fucking week and like it never goes anywhere so she stops doing it it's i just, love how you call her a chick she's the hag to me yeah uh, I, well, I, 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 yeah. yeah i mean she's it, it is interesting chicks don't wear uh pantsuits i i would think chicks yeah. don't have manginas <laughs> well how the hell are we gonna miss you if you don't go away just go away I feel bad for Bill. I mean, his island's gone. I don't feel bad for Bill. Uh, and now Hillary's home all the time. So, uh. like, it's- <laughs> have you seen Bill Clinton lately? Have you seen what he looks like? He looks like he's been getting the adrenochrome from the vaxxed kids. He looks terrible. It is they're keeping him alive. It's bad. Does doesn't he have a a, a master class on leadership too? I think. I got to get into that one. No, hey, one of the Podestas has a master class, too. Monica, I'd love to hear your take on this. I know you've done some episodes on this. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Well, I just what was interesting for me, I wasn't there. And I remember Binkley, I was surprised before the event. I know you you guys, some of you guys saw it coming, but he said, I like it's a trap. Don't go. And I'm like, you have to show your support because I was doing a lot of election integrity stuff with the guy in Georgia who was filing the suits and he only the case. Garland Favorito. Yeah. Say it again. Garland Favorito. Yeah. So he, it was just one, it was almost a year before it got dismissed on standing, which makes no sense to do that up front. But uh, so we had been covering this before January 6th and we were waiting. We had talked about it many times that we were going to, or we had anticipated it was going to be like January 6th to January 8th that there would be three days of kind of talking through this. I went back and looked at that a previous example of when they couldn't certify the vote on the spot and it was a negotiated outcome. It was a post it was a reconstruction era outcome where they negotiated um, who was going to be president and they had investigation. So we were completely poised for a drawn out experience. And then on January 6th, when Mitch McConnell comes back in, pops in. I mean, I know Graham was saying that pops in in the middle of the night, just like, oh, oh, well, we've just got to interrupt this process because rioters. So I knew, I mean, that's your classic like false flag. And we had I had a very good friend who was there that day and we interviewed her the next day and I posted it, I believe, exclusively on Rockfin, you know, so it was like a year ago. Uh, and she had said a few things that I found to be very interesting. And she also gave us tons of footage, but we kind of had the sense not to p- publish it because I know people later was doxxed for that, just being in there, visited from the FBI. We know a few people were visited by the FBI, but she just said a couple of things that I thought were interesting. One is uh, that that the, all the doors were open. People were, the barricades were down. Everybody knows that. And she, one of the pictures she sent me, she was there with a lot of right to lifers. So that's the, that I think is the connection between like the pedo stuff and uh, that they, they tapped into that right to life momentum. And a lot of rights lifers who are used to marching on Washington. They go down January 22nd. So she sent me a picture. She says, this is me and Jesus on the stairs like they had this giant crucifix and they were going in the Capitol. The doors were wide open. And she said when she was up there, which was right when the door, maybe two o'clock, she said a couple of guys came out and started saying to her, like frantically going around saying to people, somebody's been shot in there. Somebody's been shot in there. 
And she's my friend from the Bronx. She's like, yeah, I don't believe you. And he said, he said, she said, show me a picture. You had to take a picture. So she show, he shows her the video, whatever. And he's like, we're in the service. My friend's a Marine. I'm whatever. And she said, yeah, I don't believe it. And because it had he was running out just as the stuff started happening, she said it must have happened too. you know, just the, the timeline didn't make sense to her at all. She said even in the back where she saw Alex Jones, um, she said she saw a few people climbing a scaffolding and she was like, why are they even doing that? Like there's stuff, you know, just walk around. So she this was the day after I talked to her. We talked to her. And she just thought the whole thing seemed fishy and weird. And the, after the show, though, she said one thing to us. She said, first of all, everybody, whenever they march, they always meet at sunset or five o'clock or whatever at the bus. She said, we had to wait for a couple of people who got hit by rubber bullets, but we were on that bus by sundown. I'm like, OK, that's your your unarmed insurrection is on the bus by sundown. Yeah. Said, yeah. So they were, all, they were all waiting by the bus for these people to come back. And she said, uh, she said it's actually a, a fairly diverse crowd. There's a lot of Chinese people who are against uh, communism and people of color. She said, but this was a weird sight that it was not typical. Some guy walked past her very quickly. Re- she's had a really big black guy and all black with an like an ammo belt across his chest. But instead of ammo, it was vials of liquid. And she said that was the only thing the whole day that scared her. And I still don't know what to make of that. And I don't know why she didn't say it. Maybe she was nervous about it. Maybe I shouldn't have said it. I have no idea what to make of that. But that was it. So from the very beginning, it seemed to me that there was just nothing going on. They had to fabricate it out of whole cloth. And I think it's quite a testament to the power of media and how just this whole COVID thing has gotten people to completely suspend their critical thinking and just accept something that even the like the weird videos that came out later of like cops getting squished. It took months for them to produce those like uh, so and people still buy it. It's just and it's not even ideology anymore. It's just image. If you're if you want to be in the image of, you know, pink hair and hipsters or whatever, whatever they put in that basket, you'll accept. And if you want to have the other image, you don't accept it. You know, uh, you also got to look at everything leading up to January 6th. I mean, we had the Las Vegas shooting that happened a couple of years before that and how I feel like that was the first time the narrative just collapses almost right out of the gate to the point that nobody would uh, really follow it. So they get, they stepped away from it very quickly. And right before January 6th, we had this narrative with the governor of Michigan and there was going to be this giant kidnap ploy. And it just turned out that like 12 of the 15 people were all FBI informants. So that was fresh in people's minds we just and even when we go into like all the rioting in minneapolis you know i mean you really take a look at what happened there all of a sudden you have like this umbrella man who's walking around with an umbrella smashing in all these windows into all of this george soros owned businesses which was uh, AutoZone and target and then you see the guy who is like questioning the umbrella man later on walking with him side by side like they were cool. Suddenly these narratives where, again, like Pasta said, we saw the bricks showing up and everyone's like, why are there bricks here? And just all these narratives that just let the people starting to realize that, hey, man, 
there might be a hidden hand at work. And it's what I've always believed if you start getting into the dark arts occult of uh, sigil magic, um, how they need our approval to do everything. And what they'll do is they'll false flag all this stuff. They get us to go, we got to get into I the Middle East. We got to hit them before they hit us. And it just... They've tapped into this well over and over and over again that I think people are starting to see their game. Monica, you have something? I think there's just a little wrinkle somebody brought up to me recently that I think it was real food for thought. I always wondered, is it revelation of the method? What is it? Why do they telegraph everything? And I don't normally like the psychology stuff, but I, I feel like at that level, there are egos. They are human beings. And in order to... and I, In order to... Uh, really have the respect of their peers and demonstrate their power. They telegraph what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And then when it gets done, they get the credit. And I think there might be something to that of why the Rockefeller Foundation, these guys put that stuff out there in advance. It's to give themselves in front of their peers the credit. It's also like a boxer, an MMA guy going, I'm going to knock this dude out in the, in the first round. And then when they do it, they're like, Chip talking the plebs. Yeah. <laughs> I just think we're missing like the most important part of this, which is that 90% of people there or more were just there to rape uh, AOC. Date, date. You can't prove. Oh, my bad. <laughs> you can't prove. Well, this is like. That they were there for violence. <laughs> but date, of course, we True. know that. That's just the science. This is Gretchen Whitmer's wet dream you know was to be kidnapped by 18 men or whatever and aoc's wet dream is to be raped by ninety thousand people or how many dude every chick i meet now has rape fantasy so i wouldn't doubt it <laughs> oh poor sandy you know i think one of the important things right now we you know when we're talking about all this too as well you know we did our first uh we did a a show today where we talked about the lockstep documentation something that monica was just mentioning and stuff and i gotta be honest as a leftist for so long, I was hesitant to talk about these things. You know, it took me a long time to really come forth. But then we did a show about a couple months ago with Cynthia McKinney, right? And Cynthia McKinney, everybody knows her. You know, she was a, uh, I call her the last of the Mohicans. She was the last one to really get in there and really trying to fight for, for certain values. I mean, she wanted an independent investigation. And 9-11 was really vocal about the draconian laws that came with it. But she mentioned to us on our show, COINTELPRO. Now, this is a Democratic congresswoman an ex congresswoman you know and she's talking about COINTEL pro and she's stating to us you know and we're like our jaws are almost dropping we're just like wow this is this is really true this is not just the tinfoil hats out there talking about this stuff this is a congresswoman talking about the fact that the cia and the intelligence apparatus doesn't care about life within their own country they don't care about killing americans they look at us the way they look at us and we are just pawns to them and we're extra mouths that need to be feed extra people we have to close and take care of and they don't want us here anymore and it's obvious of that so their their greatest asset is to make sure that we fight each other plain and simple our enemy is our neighbor that's the one who's causing the problem as long as we're looking at each other we're not looking up at that elitist predator class that is out there no doubt about it and they and they use a lot of different uh intelligence service you know like the cia technically isn't allowed to operate in the United States. So how they get ar around this is they, you know, uh, Mossad, uh, MI5, MI6, whichever it is. I mean, if you look at the Russiagate thing, that was done by MI6. I mean, that's how you do it. That's how you get away from like, oh, we didn't do it. 
Well, Mossad, CIA, and MI6, they're all the same organization. They just have a different branding depending on the market that they're in. And this is how they do it, man. They get each other to pull stuff off in their own territory so they can actually say, hey, I didn't do it. It was somebody else. And, you know, if you say that Mossad is involved with something, like that has been the discussion in 9-11 a lot, you know, you have people going, anti-Semitism, it's all done on purpose. You do that so you can have some way of weaseling out of all that stuff. So, And and the NGOs, right? The NGOs, like the NED, just running wild. You know, I've gotten... Cory uh, Booker on 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 record, you know, when we went to the Democratic Convention in, in uh, Long Beach, we were there questioning him about Bolivia because we wanted to know which people in this Congress or these people running for for the president of the United States are going to stand behind this foreign policy apparatus. And, you know, we have them on record going, well, you know, I stand behind the OAS. Well, if you know anything about the OAS, the OAS, like the NED, is like the CIA light. They're there for regime change. They're there for the corporations to go in there and rape these countries of their natural resources and implement our monetary system by ways of austerity. That's what they're there for. And people stand behind this crap. It's crazy. So with everything after January 6th and with the new domestic terror squad, what do people think is going to happen within the next 10 months? What do we have to look forward to? More school board meetings where parents are demonized, where the where they um, you know try and try and uh, break us up into smaller and smaller groups. I mean, look, everybody's a domestic terrorist now, right? I mean, the, it's so such a broad term, and all you have to do is fall under that category. And we're you know, I mean, let's let's not forget about the Patriot Act. I mean, the the homeland is a battlefield. You start labeling somebody a domestic terrorist when you're in the homeland, which is the battlefield, and all bets are off. You can start having people legally disappeared. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that it is set up that it could happen. And so I don't think that's accidental. So we have to be very careful about this terminology you know everybody's a nazi and everybody's a nazi and all that stuff and it loses its value but be very careful when it comes to domestic terrorists you start you slap that label on some on somebody it can get them killed i think the, was, i like, think that's the next step going on um anybody who listens to the no agenda show with adam curry and john c Devork, they used to cover something called the six week cycle which was every six weeks the fbi would have a new uh, terror cell group, uh, group to bust up. Uh, they would, they would trot somebody out and every six weeks it would, it would make the news cycle and it was promoted in a way just to show everyone that the FBI was doing their job, but they were needed and, uh, they could probably use an increase in uh, budget probably. Uh, but that died, that six week cycle died when Trump got into off into office. And I'm surprised we haven't seen it start back up. We under Joe Biden, so I think that the six-week cycle is going to start happening again. Well, the well, Union of the Unwanted is probably one of the next terror groups, right, to be designated. Don't jinx us, so we'll okay? See. All right? Yeah, right? sorry. Hopefully <laughs> not. But, you know, any of us is probably on some list somewhere, and, uh, you know, what you were saying, too, is right, that this division is really their tool, and it's not just the Republican, Democrat, and it's not just black and white, although those are the ones that they use the most. Now they have science, anti-science, vax anti-vax and we play into it when we're you know fighting each other over these things too so it's good to have your convictions and to have truth and facts and share that with people uh but i'm trying to do a better job at least of not letting that level of division 
uh, bring, you know, me and people around me down and apart because this is really what they bank on. Well, you know, it's, 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 everything is being broken down into this cultural Marxism. They're doing it on purpose. And it's basically all came out now in the form of environmental, social, corporate governance that is at behind everything going on in Hollywood and everything going on in the mainstream media. And we see it all funded by people who are being bailed out by the Fed. The Fed is behind so much of this that allows this op- this, this whole operation to function without the fear of, of uh, going bankrupt with fake monopoly money from the Fed. It happens over and over and over and over. We're seeing it in, in real time. I mean, I mean, we, how deep do you want to go into this? I mean, people, but here's my whole thing. I, I, I'm always going to have hope. I believe the universe has rules that these parasites aren't bigger than. And I really do believe we're going to win this. And I think this narrative is dying. And when you have Pfizer CEO saying things are going to go back to normal in uh, spring, I think because he got his dick kicked in. Made billions and billions of dollars, but this was meant to go, I think, until the 2030s. Man, this wasn't meant to end as quickly as it can. But I, I like to believe that the internet got away from him. I could be wrong, but we've seen this narrative over and over again. And when when the masses go a different way, they kind of have to play uh, play ball with us. It's what the Buddhists say: one percent of the population can change the mind of the masses, and we've seen it happening. And I have hope. I don't know. I have hope. Back when this thing started in March of 2020, I said, it's this looks like a live fire exercise to me. I think we're we're going to see a, it's it's a live fire exercise. There's going to be a body count. But at anything that you would want a population to do all at once, mass scale. It's going to happen. We're going to test it out. Now we've got soft pedaled digital ID and health pass to 80% of the country. The 200 million people they're claiming have taken at least one shot, have uh, a, an app and a QR code. That's, saw, that's not mandated. That's not legislated. That's just for your convenience, everyone on this panel that's what it is except for the conveniences now you can't get into 80 percent of the places you used to go so there's there's that that's going to continue whereas it's being mandated in europe that's where there's everybody in the street every single weekend that's where there's all the tension that's where there's the real movement for people resisting the tyranny that their government is rolling in on them because it's not just being soft peddled like it is here now we've got People focused on a pill. There's a little bit less talk about the jabby jabs, even though they're still safe and effective. There's a distraction here. The counter narrative is Robert Malone and Dr. Naomi Wolf on Steve Bannon's war room every day telling you that there's patriots on the inside that are fighting for you. And if you just vote in the right people into the exact same system that gave you Operation Warp Speed and Donald Trump and $20 trillion printed in one year alone. Vote those guys back in and everything will be okay for your freedom. You didn't vote hard enough. You have to vote harder and harder every time. And then You guys are sounding okay. like leftists over here. Vote harder, vote <laughs> yeah. harder. And stuff. Well, by by the way, I think the big thing that we have to do, too, is just the recognition of what's going on. Right. You know, I mean, for me, you know, I was with Jimmy Dore the other day, Sam, and I was telling him how, you know, I, I, a lot of a lot of conservatives that I knew 
from the election integrity kind of like movement kind of are like they're going away from me. They're not they're not picking up my phone. They're not answering my tweets or my DMs and stuff like that, because after I went to Nicaragua and showed that Nicaragua has more of a Democratic representation than we do in the United States with their elections, where it's far better. They looked at it as me kind of pushing a form of socialism. But, you know, I'm very excited to go on to different shows with people who think differently than me and everybody on this show today. Scott, Truthzilla, Charlie, Lindsay, please, you know, as a leftist, I want to talk to people who think differently than me who are normally labeled on the other side of the paradigm. Because the most important thing we can do is recognize what's going on in front of us. This predator class right here is real. You know, I don't believe I, I Steve has gotten it into me. This is not about nation states anymore. This is about oligarchs running the place because, you know, I know you have hoped, Sam, but the only hope that I have is that a space alien comes down and gives me one of those Rick and Morty suits and gives me 24 hours to rid the world of the oligarchs because that's how deep down in the hole I think we are. And I don't know if we can get out of this other than continuing to talk to people who think differently than us so that 1%, that 2% can come together and we can overcome this crazy, satanic, evil crap that's going on right now in our world. I do have some hope, I'll just say, because I do think on that day in January 6th, it was meant to be a bloodbath. And I think much, many more people were meant to die. And it didn't happen that way. People didn't fall for it. People did have pride in in standing up, but not breaking down uh, and hurting each other. And I think that that's really important because, uh, you know, what were they then able to claim? Like you said, four or five people died and then four of those fell apart. And now there's one. And it's also really shady and questionable, actually. (laughs) So, uh, you know, so there a lot didn't go the way they planned, it seems. And that gives me hope. You know, if these people who have so much control and so much power, they have all the media and everything under their and then this fell apart. That's cool. All they had left then was the media to try and brainwash people. That's been pretty effective, actually. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, tons of people died that day. I'm like, I don't know. Nobody died. Oh, amazing? yeah. Everybody there had weapons. Like, nobody had weapons. No. <laughs> like, it is amazing. I just, here's my whole thing, man. There are rules to the universe. And I just don't think these pawn scum losers, rep, power bottom reptilians, are uh, above the rules of the universe and there's you're either you're working in two ways you're working in abundance versus scarcity okay and there's been a long con game that allowed these people to work uh without being noticed i think that those days are done i think those days of them being able to work without us watching every fucking step that they go and i don't care if you want i mean like for me it's like if you want to get really deep into it Project Looking Glass, they look into the future, narratives that they've tried to uh, play over and over again. And I think it always comes out that they get exposed. And that's just my my humble opinion. I just think the universe is bigger and that love wins. And like the reason they've been able to get away with a lot of this is because we weren't able to see what they were doing behind the closed doors. But I, I think that we do get to see that more and more. And maybe I'm wrong because... If you kind of take a look at not just like on January 6th, let's take if we understand the sparse pandemic simulation. One of the rule, one of the uh, things that was supposed to happen in that is that they were going to burn uh, a lead guy, and that seems to be Fauci. And more and more and more, they keep putting out these things. Oh, Fauci did, Fauci did this, and nobody's playing into that. 
And uh, because they want Fauci to take all the credit for everything that went bad. So when he gets thrown away, all that kind of stuff goes away with it. And I think people are going, no, fuck you, man. This is way more than Fauci. This is all you guys, all these people. I mean, like Ann Coulter, you could say whatever she wants, which was crazy. Houston today, Jimmy, JJ Walker, which is the, I mean, I'm both think that's bizarre and want to watch them hook up at the same time. Okay. But if you kind of watch, uh, what she's saying, she's like, Trump is like dead in the water. When he said, take those vaccines and what, and everyone's going, Hey man, this guy gave, they gave, he gave Fauci, kept Fauci on, gave Bill Gates, all the stuff. People are waking up. I have more faith in not maybe not all of it, but a segment of the right burning Trump than I do with the people on the left realizing the crazies because the right in my humble opinion got rid of the religious right that was like gay if you're gay you're damned they're like okay you guys are crazy people we just want to keep our guns not get taxed when i do not get taxed to death i do the road all the time red states you know they're really just into keeping the guns not getting not getting taxed and they all swing honestly red states are just full of swingers that just want you to make eye contact as you hook up with their wives. I know you think I'm lying. It's 100% true. They've gotten rid of this kind of super religious beyond far right. That doesn't mean they don't love God. They're just like, you do you. The left is going to be real hard to get rid of this crazy extreme where it's like, let's have drag queens read to kids. Like nobody wants that. You want to be, I'm like most of the fucking people, like you want to be gay, do adult things with adults leave kids alone and that's where they start to lose it but i think the left is it's gonna be real hard for them to do that because so much of what they hang their hat on is that we have empathy for the little people and Sam, it's gonna be hard i'm, to, I'm gonna well, ask you a very serious question but first i do i want to make it a very very important point and that is it is important to get yourself black pilled but staying black pilled is believing that klaus schwab and the mankini is gonna win that's believing that Nancy Pelosi's eyebrows are going to win. There's a whole white-pilled side and argument and hope and places to go and solutions that Rainbow we can pill. all talk about later, you know. Um, but, Sam, I got to ask you, in your lived experience, because that's important, um, do, do you think that the buckle of the Bible belt and the red states have turned into like yeah you know it's okay look me in the eye while you fuck my wife because of the oxycontin and meth problem over the last 20 years uh, is that what loosened them up and dropped it did they get their parents to kind of shed their views a little bit or be a little bit less openly religiously judgmental do you think that had anything to do with it i i mean i think it would be ridiculous to think that no matter how right you are that you are influenced by the 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 civil rights movement right and being like you know what man i mean i think people interracial dating should happen i think gays should get mad like you could be like i i because the logic comes like hey dude i'm a loving person but i think these people should die and i think there's a group of people going hey man i don't believe in that i just i just want to live my life you live your life and i think like there's more libertarians than there are like religious wackos on the right. And I think that
that there's a lot of people like Jimmy Dore, Pasta, probably you that are libert are the left, but you're not like the insane progressive left that is just like, yeah, whatever. It's like, yeah, we should totally shouldn't like say a kid's gender till he's 15 and they they could decide whether they're a man or woman, which is bizarro town, right? Like nobody really wants that. I think the left really I mean, like the more center left people are like live and let live. The yeah. government shouldn't tell people how to live their life. And the notion of drag queens wanting to uh, read to kindergartners, we're like, how did that become the civil rights movement? Nobody yeah. wants that. Like, we want you to live your life on your terms. But when you go and enter and try to read to my children, when they may not be able to understand the enigma that is a drag queen, okay, that's infringing on my rights. And that's where I think that the center the, to the right and the center to the, it's like why Jimmy Dore and I are constantly texting to each other. I'm a liberal. Most people would tell me I, I'm a right. I'm a liberal. He's a progressive, but we both have the same idea. You know, Rogan, same thing. Rogan is seen as right. Rogan is a, a left center guy. Yeah. I, and I think that's where most of the most of the people are. But the 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 really what happens is the people who own the press for the the legacy media have promoted the crazies to get us all to fight with each other. I think Absolutely. a lot of people on both the right and the left are now dismissing the crazies as oh you're just here to get us all to fight with each other, live and let live. Yeah, well, well, anyone we, who's we not saying, an extreme way. leftist is labeled a right wing crazy yeah. now. Like you have to be super super far left. Or else you're a right wing terrorist. Well, it's it's not even it's it's once again, it's this cultural bullshit that we're talking about, because we have a saying there is no left in America, but there is an American left. Right. And it, and, and it's it seemed like all this stuff really was amped up when Occupy Wall Street was happening because the left was then concentrating on the economics. And that was something they couldn't have. And right then you saw the New York Times, the L.A. Times, all these uh, main big publications start talking about racial stuff and racial wars and gender inequality and all that stuff. So it seems like there's a there's a group that was fed a pill. And Sam, you hit it on the nose. They've been given the bigger megaphone, right? Their words have been able to be amped. But meanwhile, shows like the Convo Couch, who are going on a year being demonetized, get strikes all the time for just talking about elections or early treatment and COVID and stuff like that. We've been silenced. So the actual left, and this is what you see when you go to Nicaragua, right? Like, you see an economic left. And in fact, when you talk to a lot of these people in Nicaragua, their economics is left because they believe in infrastructure, healthcare, education. That's why they like Daniel Ortega. But they don't want you going into their household and telling them what to do. They're not going to be promoting gay marriage, not for it. They're not for legalization of marijuana, which is very sad, but OK. OK. And if you want to talk to most of them about transgender issues, forget about it. They're like, get the hell out of here. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to do it. They're almost like patriots that speaks Spanish. But what's going on in America is this cultural war, freaking left kind of bullshit pseudo politics has been amplified. And, and you know, and you see people in Congress, they amplify it as well. They'll be the first ones out there screaming when they had the situation at the border with the Haitians or whatnot, but they don't give a damn that all those Haitians were put back on a plane, sent back to Haiti to a country that we destabilized and we've been destabilizing for how long? It's all 100%. smoke and mirrors. 
100%. That's interesting. People don't realize that, that a lot of the foreigners that the left is supposed to be representing and being super sensitive to them, like a lot of the Guatemalans, they come from super Christian families that are not very open to, you know, uh, transgender and all this stuff. They're very uh, traditional in, in regards to the family and those type type of things. The Polish and a lot of people in the Eastern Europe, they come and, and they live through communism and stuff like that. So uh, they're very, their eyes get open when, when you, they see government overreach. Uh, so it, it's uh, it's weird. It's it's almost like the left is eating themselves. I'm not the first one to say that, but you, you see it. And it's the left has been divided into many little things where they don't really have identity anymore. And it's just divide and conquer. I mean, they just have everybody fighting with themselves. And I think most of us, if you have a logical conference, that's why the conversation is so important. So many people that we've been told that if we are um, been told that we disagree with, if we actually took the time to sit down and have a long form conversation, you realize that you agree on many more things than, you know, than you would think. And a lot of these isms that they get demonized, you know, socialism, communism, I mean, the uh, the essence of it, the root of it is really just a philosophy or a ideology on how to run a country or economy, but they get demonized uh, without really anybody discussing what they really mean or what the, you know, I've had Professor Richard Wolf on my show, who's, uh, you know, one of the leading scholars in Marxism and socialism. I mean, we just talk about Karl Marx and his ideas. It doesn't sound like it's, it's, rooted in evil it's just like this is a guy who had a philosophy just like we all have our own philosophies and the truth is no country is pure capitalist or or, or, or socialist it's all a mixture you know i mean in america sometimes people will, will throw out the word like socialism oh i hate it's like well do you hate police officers do you hate you know you don't want to live in a fully socialist uh country maybe but you don't hate all socialism because we, we have, you know, what does it mean? It means that the society, as a society, we all contribute for some services. We, we the postal service, you know, the roads being paved, uh, you know, what, whatever it may be, police officers. Charlie you know, hates I, it. The, the argument, though, is is that the, the root of 99.99999% of those problems arise from the centralized state and its monopoly on violence. But that's a conversation we could have at a completely different... Oh, well, I think it's important to have that conversation because it is so much of it. I mean, like, so much of this stuff is just to not have us keep our eye on the ball and just to be fighting with each other. And, and like, dude, it's like, it's so layered. It's just like the, the blue check mark uh, on on Twitter and everything else is just a, a, a new form of the legacy media. Nobody's watching Rachel Maddow, but these blue check marks are constantly retweeting her videos. That's how they do it now. That's how they, they get the message across is to cause complete and utter chaos. And to be honest with you, dude, most people don't. I personally think trans agenda is just a smoke screen to get people not to look at like pedophilia at the highest levels and to be like, oh, the trans are coming. No, dude, the pedophiles are coming. I think it's the same thing with the Jew world order. I do. I don't think Jews run the world. I hate that fucking thing. And I push against it all the time. And I think it's about uh, uh, the elites and the royals running everything. And they want us to get mad at another group of people. That's what they do all the time. They have you focus on these other people to get you mad at them. And you don't ever look at the elites and what they fucking are really manipulating yeah. us the, the daily beast. family is financing trans 
They're the ones that are financing the trans agenda. They've got, I mean, we've got the receipts for that. Like we have to remember that they don't care about ideologies or any of these issues. These are issues that we just fight among ourselves. They could care less. I mean, we we talk about taking down, uh, you know, going to the Middle East and and, and getting involved in Syrian politics because we care about human rights while we're doing business with the Saudis. I mean, how much more evidence do you need? I mean, when we were invading countries in, in Nicaragua and other countries, we were saying we're fighting socialism. You know, it's like we weren't really it wasn't about socialism. It was about yeah. natural resources or or taking down governments that didn't work with us. So all these isms that we we fight among ourselves about, it's like they don't even believe in them. They don't care. Like, you know, uh, Saddam was a ally when he's fighting uh, Iran, when he has conflict with Iran. Then afterwards, it's like, oh, he's not playing ball. Oh, he's a bad guy now it's like so we we get sold these ideas that it's about you know good you know good and evil and it's like no it's about money and power and whoever uh plays ball we'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll we're okay with it we don't care you know so it, it's it, it it it's bothersome when people fall for that that trap yeah, of just life. read kissinger quotes that's all you have to do is read kissinger <laughs> quotes or read stories about things that henry kissinger has authorized the united states to do and you'll get over this usa is the good guy thing real fast and pasta was pasta was talking about occupy and it's important to point out that like there was the whole ron paul revolution in 2008 right there was occupy in 2010 at occupy you had you know complete and total like bomb throwing anarchist leftists and then like green party people run-of-the-mill democrats republicans and caps uh, anonymous people all screaming in the Fed and audit the Fed and the the just the concept of Occupy Wall Street largely was we have to destroy the central banking cartels grip on every aspect of our society. So the fracturing of those movements and the making sure that we all hated each other was one of all the funded. central focuses. Central all funded on domestic terrorism. This is yep. why I think it's important to talk about not left and right necessarily, because, you know, like you said, there's all these ideologies, there's all these reasons. When you talk to anybody in any place on that spectrum, you can uh, commiserate with a lot of it. You can agree with a lot of the principles and the reasons why people are motivated by that. But when you go and you add that uh, uh, other spectrum from authoritarianism to freedom, to liberalism, <laughs> actual liberalism, that's where it starts to matter. I don't really care where you are on left or right, but if you're up near authoritarianism and centralization, that's where it gets dangerous. And it's what we're really saying here is that centralization of power, however you look at it monetarily, um, politically or otherwise, it's always going to be uh, what we're up against. And that's what we can be united behind as well, therefore, and get past all of these stupid divisions. I like to use populism for that. I like to use the term populism. I was on a leftist show the other day and I was saying, well, why does it got to be left? Why does it got to be left? Why can't we use the term populism? And when you talk about, you know, these types of groups getting together and Occupy Wall Street, that was it for the elites. That was it for the ruling class. They said, no way. I've actually even been written up in an article in the Daily Beast called the Dirtbag Leftist. And they chastised me for being in the streets. Listen to this now where a proud boy and a Black Lives Matter person were facing off at each other ready to go at it. And I was yelling at them saying, what are you doing? You're doing exactly what the ruling class wants. You two have more in common than the people pulling the strings upstairs. And you need to understand that same thing happened when my partner was in the, she was in the streets with Steve's partner, Glory, yelling these kinds of things to these people. And that's what they don't want. Because 100%. if you talk about any unity, 
they're going to shoot you down. That's where a lot you, of my hope lies, honestly. Like, like you know, shortly after January 6th, a lot of us were, like, I personally was kind of nervous to go to some of these, like, lockdown protests. I know that these are different, you know, things that we're out there demonstrating against versus the stop the steal. But, um, you know, ever since then, some of the, dem- the, the demonstrations I've been to, like, it's been the mixture, very much a mixture of all ideologies, you know? Um, there was, like, a, a, a booth at the last one we went to that was lefties for medical freedom, you know what I mean? And so, you know, we are starting to come together, and it's going to make them make it harder for them to pull off anything, you know, similar to January 6th, I think, in the future. But but that that's where my hope lies, you know what I mean? People are starting to come together, and, you know, we say, like, the more they push with the tyranny, the more it's going to wake people up, and people are waking up to this stuff, you know? And so we are coming together. And so therefore, I don't know, I think now that they're going to have to shift this whole thing and they're going to have, they still have a lot of January 6th to milk. I think that they have a lot of stuff to milk out of it. You know, I see, but it's the emperor's nukes closed yeah, though. Exactly. I mean, like they talk about it and nobody, everyone's like, what are you arguing about? I just, yeah. I get it's a narrative. I just feel like it's the end of a narrative. It's mm-hmm. not just a narrative because what January 6th did produce was federal branch offices for the Capitol Police in New York and Los Angeles, a $200 billion increase to their annual budget. We now have unaccountable federal police with branch offices in the United States. So that happened. That's the thing. There's also domestic terrorism legislation and a division that has just been created in the Justice Department. It's something that I'll be talking about on the show tomorrow, which is called Slow News Day, which you can find here on Rockman. Hey, um, has anybody then, here watched uh, uh, read Tragedy and Hope? Have you ever read yes. it? Yes. I'm, I'm My going dad through it right had now. that book. I mean, dude, that's the game plan right there. And they talk about, you know, uh, the, the era of expansion and then decay. And what happens is uh, they've uh, they've been expanding so much that to a point there's no more re- there's no more uh, expansion for everybody. And then it starts to become a scarcity of um, of resources. And that's when decay comes. And what comes with that is imperial wars and class wars. What are we in right now, dude? What are we in right now? I, I push back really hard when they talk about morals. Morals are the reason why everything decay, every empire goes total bullshit. People dressing like fucking drag queens and swinging isn't the reason why empires crash. The reason why empires crash is because the greed at the top gets so fucking bad that they got nothing left for the base and any fortress, any structure, when the base is weak, it collapses on itself. Now they do say if people wake up to this and stop it quick enough, there's something that can happen. I personally have hope. But this, we are in the era of decay right now because these uh, class, the, the elites are so fucking greedy. They're getting us to fight with each other on this, all this fucking bullshit. And this is being done purposely so we don't see the highway robbery that's going on in this country. All right. That's the end, I guess. Was that a mic drop? <laughs> Is that a mic drop? Bam. <laughs> Well, Tragedy and Hope, for people listening, it is uh, Richard Grove's website also. He's done some of the best research on Quigley and uh, a lot of that stuff. That When I found him, you know, he was one of the people that exposed me to to Quigley and, and that book. And you see it over and over again. We talked about the Spars documents of obviously Event 201, um, Tragedy and Hope, uh, all these, uh, these, these books and novels. I mean, the elite talk about what they're going to do, it, the plans out there. It's not... I mean, I just feel like 
they understand that the rest of us are so busy trying to be free and living our lives and enjoying life that we're not paying attention to what they're saying or doing. And, you know, you see it all the time with like these groups will get together and if it's the council for foreign relations or whatever, and they'll discuss these things openly about what they're going to plan to do. I mean, obviously everybody knows about PNAC before nine 11, you know, and, 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 how much they uh, thought getting influence in the Middle East again, how important that was uh, to the country. So this stuff is out in the open. That's why when people call it a conspiracy theory, it's it's hilarious because it's like, just do a little bit of reading. I mean, they're openly talking about this stuff. Um, but yeah, shout out to Richard Grove and, and his amazing work he's done on Tragedy and Hope. A few years back, I had John Kiriakou on my show, who was the CIA whistleblower who disclosed the torture program and then did like 30 some months in federal prison for it to sit with the Aryans at lunch to to protect himself from getting killed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and I asked him, you know, like, why does the playbook never change? You know, or why does it seem like the playbook never changes? He goes, oh, no, it never changes. There's a couple of reasons. One is that they're not as smart as people give them credit for. They're not. They're not. And the other one is they face no accountability or consequences. So if you're not that smart and this thing has always worked, then just do it because you've got some operational procedure for it. There's interchangeable parts. You don't give a damn about the individual's lives that you're mucking about with. You've got a, a, you know, basic blueprint and you're, you know, an OPSEC nerd in, in an office building somewhere, but it's not you. And that's how it works. Well, and the regular people don't really believe it. And it's not necessarily because we don't have enough facts or we don't have enough sources or we don't have the right sources. Right? We have all of that. But you can present it to people and they don't want to believe it. You know, cognitive dissonance is one aspect of it. And another way to think about it is these most people are good people and they just don't see evil in the world because they can't imagine why you would do these things. Why would you be like that? Who would do that? And it's weird. You could even <laughs> show them like, remember when like this politician or that rich person or whatever did this or that, or that? you know, that happened for a fact, but you can't imagine that this is what's happening right now. Oh, uh, my we just keep going back to that. Like we just want the world to be good. Can we so call far. it Brian Callen? syndrome yes can we do that we're like no because i love him dude but here's the thing is his default is He's you just think it's around, one person dude. i know i love i know i know it's so coming awesome, dude. It's so awesome. My, i'm glad you got a bigger slow, bell it's I'm a so, slow burn dog. i'm so it's glad you got burn. a bigger bell but no it's like it's no but it's a thing where people get a, a block in their head where they're like you just think it's one group or one entity or one no no, well, kind of, because I just think it's psychopaths and sociopaths and narcissists. They're kind of one group, but they don't have one uh, order or one religion or one any of that. They need a flag. Well, I think it's so dark that sometimes it's hard for people. Sometimes people just don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I mean, I've seen uh, somebody who's been on the show uh, before and also been on some of our shows, uh, Memory Hold, who, I mean, if you watch some of his documentaries, you feel like you're going down to a really dark place and you get that feeling that like, Oh my God, like this is, and it's almost like you want to turn it off, 
And most people wouldn't even attempt to watch it, but you watch it because, you know, uh, I'm one of those people that I'm just super curious. And I, ignorance isn't bliss for me. I want to know what the fuck's going on and how bad the world is and be realistic. Hopefully it doesn't taint my worldview where I can still enjoy it. Um, and that's always, you know, the concern. But I think a lot of people just, I mean, look at the Epstein thing. I mean, it, it's many of us, you know, I, I had Nick Bryan on my show years ago. I know some of you guys have uh, talked to him too. I mean, it, those conversations, when you have a guest on, you do a, or even, you know, Craig uh, Soyman Sawyer, who, who's been on this show and, and been on our shows, like he's, yep, yeah, the, uh, the, the shirt. And he, to do an hour or an hour and a half or two hours on this specific topic of child trafficking or pedophilia, I mean, it's not easy. I mean, I, you leave the conversation feeling like a piece of you died. You know, it's just, it doesn't, it's not a good feeling. And so, it's much easier to be like, you know what, let's just not talk about this. Let me not even acknowledge that this exists. And I do think that this idea that people could intentionally harm people or do things that they know will lead to people intentionally being harmed, is hard for people to grasp. You, but you look at our foreign policy, there's example and example and example that they don't give a fuck who they harm and that there's going to, you know, they don't care that there's people living with PTSD, that there's, you know, uh, people who are living paycheck to paycheck and they're being taxed to death and their money went to, you know, make KBR or Holland Burton richer, you know, during the Iraq war. Like we, they don't care. So it's like, how much more ex many examples do you need that they don't care about the average person? And like, you know, Pasta keeps saying it's so true. It's it's them against the rest of us. It's the one percent or the point, you know, whatever percent, and the rest of us. And we need to start realizing that, like, we all have to come together and 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 you know, not not let those tactics of divide and conquer work. And right now, it seems like it's working. I mean, even the left, for lack of a better term, I mean, they're be very divided. And and it's like, let's not. The, none of us should be divided. We should have conversations like this. I mean, that's why I bring in, you know, people from, you know, we all bring in people from um, different backgrounds. I mean, look, Roger Stone's been on the show. So has Greg Palace. <laughs> so it's like, you want to talk about complete extremes. I love you know? that, dude. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Ricky, you're looking swole, bro. Have you been putting up numbers, dude? You've been hitting the gym, dog? Because you're looking yeah. fucking shredded, dude. No, I, I just... <laughs> I started doing push-ups before shows. That's all. You look good, dude. I just want to say one thing. It's like, you know, it's like conspiracies and, and the world and the new uh, what's going on in the world is like life, right? It's like how many people pick the first exit off the highway of life and they get into this job that they're never, ever happy with because it was just comfortable to take. That is looking deep into this stuff. Like you start asking yourself, man, like, first of all, the, a group that really hates to look into conspiracies, people with kids, people with kids don't want to look into conspiracies because they don't want to be like, what world am I bringing my kids into? Second thing is people doing really well in life. They don't want to look into like what's going on because they'll be like, am I part of what is going Am I a, a part of this apparatus that has been bringing pain and suffering to the world. And the third thing is that people don't want to admit 
that something got past their bullshit meter. They're, everyone thinks they got a really good bullshit meter and they can see bullshit from a mile away. And when something gets by them, it re, it's a real ego check, man. It's a real ego. There's people on this show that were like, Trump is trouble, Trump is that, and I just really wanted to believe in it, even though I, th I still think he's a crime boss and he's doing his own thing. But people with Q, people with all that stuff, there are people that, who were in the Q community is like, Q is so stupid. But at the time, they're like, Q's real, man. It's very hard for people to admit they got it wrong. And those three things add to people just wanting to be like the monkeys, right? And not have, not like look into, man, there's something else going on. Degree of investment okay. plays a huge part of that too, right? Because there are people who are like over leveraged financially and emotionally and spiritually in Q or in Russiagate or in a politician. And so if you can, I guess, talk to a broad enough group of people, have a, a large enough scope of experience, then the likelihood of you over leveraging your investment in anything that silly would, would decrease substantially. I got a thought experiment for you guys if you're interested. Okay, so we were talking earlier about the, the you know, the Spars pandemic scenario about how lead officials are going to need to get burned, right? And uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was a Biden speech. They were thanking Trump for the vaccine. And there's some people, you know, kind of speculating about how once it all comes out and all the information comes out and we realize how deadly these vaccines are, they're going to need to lay it on someone's doorstep. Now, is that a calculation we're willing to make is to burn Trump and throw it all on him so that the media has an out and we can get out of this COVID situation? What do you think? <laughs> let's blame it all on Trump and let's just call it good. I'm, I'm uh, down with that. that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's always been about blaming yeah. the politicians. Joe Biden will get blamed too. All these people in Washington will get blamed. And at the end of the day, you know, you'll see like the, you know, big pharmaceutical trying to be like a cartoon character, like yeah. <laughs> and walking out of the side without getting anything. And that's yeah. my humble opinion. They all have the ability to pardon themselves. So mm. what's the solution? remove the mechanism of power by which they get to operate that's the central bank the best way we can do that is by practicing counter economics mm. well the, the thing is too is like the people who are pulling the strings uh, typically th the average person doesn't know their name or know much about them i mean how many people knew about the mercers before they started giving trump money how many people knew about fauci and his history i mean he's the highest paid government uh, employee and yet most people didn't know anything about his link to the AZT drugs in the 80s. I mean, there's I mean, and think about this guy. This guy's incredibly powerful. He controlled billions of dollars of, of funding and grants. And and, you know, he uh, Dr. Uh, Peter, um, uh, what's his name? Peter Duesberg, who is the guy who, who uh, questioned if uh, the AIDS virus or if um, if HIV caused AIDS and he was kind of a, a very respected uh, doctor. And then he basically like all his grants stopped. He, he started butting heads with with uh, Fauci. All his grants stopped, got demonized and all of a sudden became a pseudoscience crazy person. And Kerry Mullis, who created the PCR test, even came out and defended him and then talked about how much Fauci was, Fauci was a piece of shit, didn't know anything about science. And so, I mean, all this stuff is going on. And most of these names we're not even aware of. Henry Kissinger, you know, uh, before he became a household name, I mean, he was influencing Republicans, Democrats, I mean, foreign policies, regardless who was in president. 
and not a lot of people knew how influential he was. So, I mean, this this happens all the time. There's always going to be people behind the scenes, and we we fall for like the puppet show, and and yet, you know, we don't know whose hand is controlling that puppet. And it, the, the truth is, like, you know, uh, there's probably lots of people that are influencing what's going on now that even us as researchers and and educated people uh, aren't aware of yet, and it's going to come out eventually, hopefully. So. Um, you know, I, I just think when people look at like, oh, the conspiracy, everything looks like a conspiracy. It's like, well, there is. There's backdoor deals. There's. Have you ever been in a fucking CEO meeting? I mean, people are figuring out how do I make money? How do we? How do we maximize profit? And it's not. It doesn't mean they're all the most evilest of people. You know, child molesting evil people. It just. Oh, they so, are. Some of them. Yeah, most of them probably. Ricky, they have a business model, and this Ricky, their business model is doing exactly what they do. You can call it conspiracy, but it's a business model to them. It's not about money and power is really, truly, this is a spiritual war and they're trying to lower your frequencies and make you fucking miserable. And it's like, they have all the money, dude, they have the fed. They can print money all day. They have all the power. This is about these low frequency demons stealing our loose guys. I think, and ladies, I really do believe it's about that. It's much deeper than money and power. It's about spirituality. I love you guys. I got to jump. Great show today. Always a great show on the Union of the Wanted. I love you all very much. Bye, Sam. Bye, Sam. Well, look, you can just, if you want to just look at actual receipts, look at who George Soros is financing as district attorneys in these major cities, and then look at the policies that the district attorneys are putting in place and the, the cases that they're bringing forth or not bringing forth, and you can see it manifest. It's no, it's no longer just... A concept. It's these guys are putting it in place. So the things like the nine hundred and fifty dollar shoplifting limit in San Francisco—that's a Chessa Bowden thing. The having one third of the district attorneys in that office all quit—that's a Chessa Bowden thing. This is about remaking society in some weird, in some weird way that creates chaos and forces people to flee. It's insanity. But you can look. And there's a lot of people out there that want to say, oh, I just, you know, I don't want to know about this and I don't want, I'm sorry, it's too important. You have to, you, it's important that you understand what's going on. It's important that you wake up and realize that the media is lying to you about almost everything. And if you still have some weird relationship with your television where you just assume that Anderson Cooper is telling you a straight story every night, like you ha like, I'm sorry, it, I'm done being nice about it. You have to wake the fuck up. This is in get a grip. You can't be going to the corporate news and expecting to get the truth. I mean, how many times do you have to be lied to by them over and over again before you you break free from that? Like it's really important that people wake up right now because if if they if they if they're on some slow scale where they're gonna wake up a couple years from now, it's too late. These guys are building a prison around us well and this goes back to what steve and, was saying and that and people want to argue but i just don't know i'm seeing it, is it only my connection no I, I was gonna ask okay. i think charlie's breaking up a little bit i thought Wait, he was charlie froze okay i like the bed's got charlie <laughs> Can Charlie did freeze. I'm going to see if I can get him up on screen because that's good. Oh, no, he, he dropped. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Well, uh, I like I like what Charlie's saying, and he's right. You know, these people are fund fundraise or fund funding all of these different politicians all over the place and various in every country and every state and every city. And um, you know, and this is why what Steve was saying is so apt that you have to find the head of the dragon and cut it off, or you know, maybe the ten heads of the dragon and cut them all off. But that's the only way to really stop this because you can take out each of those people, or you can win elections here and there and have that for a while. Uh, but those you know, huge rich bankers and financiers are still going to be there. Uh, plotting their next move and and how they're going to take back that control. And that's why we, we also need to learn history because this shit has been, you know, I forget who said it, like if history doesn't re- repeat, it at least rhymes. Like it, it's usually see parallels between, I mean, look at the swine flu epidemic uh, in the seventies, uh, you know, that's kind of been exposed and it's kind of been, uh, that's, you know, the thing is this stuff does repeat itself over and over again. It just, it's unfortunate that there's going to be many casualties and many people get caught up in stuff and then bullshit laws on domestic terrorists and all this stuff that gets pushed. And then after we look back at it, we're like, yeah, you know, like we were lied to, but, but, you know, sometimes it's a little too late thing. They still get some of what they want. So, I mean, I think the goal is to expose as much as uh, of what's going on as possible. I mean, even January 6th, for a long time, I mean, people were taking it seriously. Like they were saying it was like September 11th, like, you know, similarities to September 11th, that it was a coup to take down the government. I mean, this was the rhetoric that people were repeating over and over and people actually believed it. I'm like, what What are you talking about? Like, there's so many. I'm sorry. Have you seen NBC's like just NBC, their their anniversary to the deadly insurrection? I mean, there are people who believe that shit still. Like just- it was it was severe. Well, they just repeat what they it's same thing with like, oh, the election wasn't stolen. It's like, OK, do you know anything about history? It's like every election is stolen. We're just you know, you can argue how stolen it was like throughout history. Every election has had fuckery. Like, so this is the one that didn't have fuckery is what you're saying, because, you know, so it's some people are just they. And this is the thing is it's it's discouraging because there are some people that you just can't get through to our, our buddy um uh, adam from deborah gets red pilled his show has kind of been an example of how hard it is to get through to some people i mean he has his mother-in-law that he he's had many of us on the show if not a, you know m- most of us on the show to try to red pill his mother-in-law and it's like every once in a while it seems like he gets nowhere and that she's right back to where she started and i mean there are people like that that it's like they've been so brainwashed that you just cannot get them to just or it, it is one of those things you resist it because to see what the world from this you know from how it really works it's too scary that's almost more comfortable and it's just easier to just stay within your shell and just be like you know what i don't i went out there and it's fucking scary so it's like it's easier where i was where i can just believe that when i turn on cnn that they have some you know moral compass and they're trying to give me some type of truth and so i just think there are people that we can't get through but there are a lot of people waking up and i think to be optimistic there's January 6th, obviously the whole COVID lockdowns and all that stuff. Uh, a lot of the stuff that was conspiracy theory, you know, um, child trafficking, these were things that were kind of laughed at and people didn't really entertain it in a serious manner. And now people are openly talking about it or at least considering it. And so I think it is baby steps. I think when we, when you, when a change happens and you're in the middle of it, you don't really it's almost like when it's your kid growing, you don't pick up on the fact that he grew a couple inches. It's always somebody like, hey, he's taller now. It's like, oh, I see him every day. So I didn't notice it. It's like change is happening. And because we're in it, I think we're not seeing it. But when you really kind of look back at it, you're like, holy shit, like 
I'm I'm having a conversation about you know uh, suppress uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and, and all these other things with somebody who two years ago was calling me a fucking crazy person. You know, so it's like you know I I think there is change and and the, you know maybe I'm just trying to be optimistic, but I, I do have a sense of maybe we are winning this spiritual battle. I don't see the path to victory, really, to tell you the truth. That's the biggest problem. You know, exactly. and I, this conversation. I don't. I, I don't see it. Society, I, people argue with each other. Why don't a fantasy football podcast and live in Vegas and play a lot of high-end poker? Like, I mean, can you put me in? Can you plug me back in? Because it is hard out there. You know, I, I often say to myself, what the hell am I doing this for? Am I getting across to anybody? Am I going to reach anybody? Uh, do I even know what the hell is going on? I'm so confused and everything. And when I'm at, am I dropping or am I there? Oh, you're back. You're, you're back. back. No, but I, I, that's something that I, I struggle with a lot of times is like, I don't see that path to victory. I really don't. I'm not, a, I'm not a, just a, a cynic by all means and stuff. It's just, I'm, I just, I just don't see it. Sometimes I see it's getting more torn apart. <laughs> Oh, we're losing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love everybody always gets fr frozen on the funniest faces. <laughs> He's doing duck lips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Did I have duck lips? Go ahead. <laughs> Back now. No, I just finished up by saying, like, I just don't see the path to victory. Really, I don't. Right. And it's scary well, sometimes because it's just like, you know, I feel like I'm just wishing on a star that's never going to come true. Well, this is the way I look at it, right? Is Is if... If we fight, we don't know if we're going to win, right? I mean, I want to be optimistic. I want to believe that we, we can and things will change in the right, you know, change will, will head in the right direction. So, but we don't, but we don't know. But one thing I do know is if we don't fight, we're definitely not going to win. So it's like, what other option do we have? You know, and, and I truly believe in, in the ripple effect. Like there's, we're all planting a seed. Every show that we, we have and we're a part of, you know, sparking these conversations, it's like we're all making an impact, regardless of how, what size the audience is. We're all making an impact. And you're, you know, you're changing the the perspective of one person and that person's talking to somebody else and maybe planting the seed there and he plants a seed over there. And it's, just never know and it's like like i said i think it's 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 baby steps and it's you know it you've seen it like just looking since the beginning of the lockdown to now i mean things that were in the pandemic documentary that was you know like oh my god that's a crazy dr judy mikovich is a loony what is she saying you know and and now it's like oh yeah like most people believe that it was probably a lab leak you know, most people now go from thinking that Fauci is a second coming of Jesus to thinking that he's probably a criminal. Like it, it's things have changed. And I think for the better. So I'm I, I like to be optimistic. I think that people, you know, little by little. Uh, but I am I mean, to go back to and I'm arguing with myself now. And so, but it, to go back to 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 what you're saying, it does scare me that one second, you know, it's like, oh, my God, we have um, Epstein and people are talking about child trafficking and people are like entertaining the fact that, you know, the elite are actually evil. And then two seconds later, you're talking about like a lockdown and they're just like, no, that could never happen. It's like, what the fuck? Like it, it, it just it's amazing how quickly people go back to their their uh, pattern of thinking. You know, that okay, is. So let, let's define victory. Let's define winning. And like, let's define what, you know, we're trying to get out of this. Right. And if what we're trying to get out of this is a better sense of community, a better understanding of how we move 
physically and spiritually through the world about how we could be better people in general. Decentralization. Yes, how we can extricate ourselves from a, a centralized power structure. Fuck yes, we're winning. Fuck yes, we are. Like leaps and bounds more than I ever thought we could be in a relatively short amount of time. And that's because we're in a period of acceleration. And just look at the ratings of the mainstream news sources, you know, for the past many, many years in a row, they continuously start to tank more and more. Yeah, I think I think you hit it right on the head, Steve. Like, like it's all about redefining what victory actually is. You know what I mean? Like they want us to fight. They want to lure us into some bloody confrontation. I mean, that that's because then now we're fighting on their terms. You know what I mean? Like you're seeing all this stuff, like talking about the Civil War, right? And then I heard about this whole new thing. What is it? Robin Sage exercises in North Carolina. They're doing like guerrilla war training with like local militias and stuff like that. Just like planting these, these seeds of of the initiatory of us initiating violence. You know, and that's one of the things I think they have in their playbook. Like one of the things that comes to mind is like you know they're going to arrest all these like leaders like the alex joneses and the roger stones and then they're going to do some like attack or like and then make it look like we are the ones that initiated the violence but it's like no 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 we're, we're we just have to be so firm in like the non-initiation of violence the non-aggression piece but you know when what, what victory looks like to me is like you know building that counter economy you know the the counter establishment economy and and building community locally and and making it so that it doesn't matter what they do we we are self-sufficient we can do what we need to do even if we are still living in cities and we're still having to exist within the matrix we can operate outside of the matrix you know and 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 just every single tiny little act that i do today to try to drive in that direction you know i'm learning new skills i'm i'm meeting new people we're doing regular meetups like all that stuff you know that's that's to me victory is to where we just continue to grow that, you know, the whole the whole idea where we get higher density agorist societies to where the state doesn't matter what they do, man. Bring it. Like to the point where we get so big to where there's like now we can just make fun of them. We just look at all the little people that are running around, you know, with their little voting booths and like, dude, that's just that's a joke. So I don't know. You just gotta know for sure they're going to have agents in your midst like every step of the way and have people trained in identifying the sort of tactics they use to divide and conquer and to sow dissent and all of these things so that you can identify me like that guy that guy's a plant this is an agent over here uh because it is a beautiful process that's happening right now with more and more community organizing and decentralization is the goal in all of those which i love and that sustainability piece and it's really it's really beautiful Uh, and a lot of people are checking out of the sort of matrix in that way and waking up and it is really cool i love the idea of defining this victory too uh that steve brought up because this is the opposite of what they do right they're like (laughs) there is the goalposts continuously move down the field because we've never told you really what the goalpost is anyway uh but if we have that uh, then we know exactly what we're aiming for and we're much more likely to make it happen. Thank you. Yeah. I don't like, care. I'm going off the grid. I'm going to a place where avocados and mangoes and coconuts fall on me as I'm laying out in the sun. That's it. There you I'm go. done. Going off the grid. Costa Rica. Costa Rica is COVID Costa- insane. Is it? Costa Rica sucks. Insane. Yeah. Maybe oh, it's Peru is another here place in too. Florida. Double mask and are you in Florida? I'm in Florida. I'm a, I'm a transplant from China, Fornia. <laughs> I just, where, uh, what part? Where am I now? Yeah. 
I'm currently in Miami, but I am trying to get out of it's a little trashy, but the water is Atlantean. It's very special water. Yeah. But I, I hope to get out of the city. I don't think we, the future. We got to be careful though now because Ron DeSantis has now become the vaccine. Are you in Florida? Yeah, I'm in Boca Raton with my moms and stuff. I went to school in Boca Raton and everything. I'm from the Northeast. And now with Ron DeSantis, who's a gusano anyways, let's be honest. The guy's just forget about it. He's just as bad as Donald Trump when it comes to foreign policy in the global south. He'll bring in Juan Guaido and applaud him if he had to. But, I mean, now he's, you know, he's singing the tune, too, as well. I mean, he literally said at a press conference the other day, he goes, the majority of the people that are in the hospital are unvaxxed or partially vaxxed. 90 vaxed. to 95%, he said. You can't he said it with a straight face, too. Yeah, I know. You cannot. Once you are partially vaxxed, you should either be separated from the data of vaxxed or unvaxxed, and more than likely, you should be pushed in the category of vaxxed. Because as soon as you put that shit in your arm, it's all over. Like they're going to put him together with World Economic Forum young <laughs> global leader Tulsi Gabbard, and they're going to march him out together as a one-party unity ticket. Yeah. And then it's going to be like Joe yeah. Biden's going to be like, well, I'll get Liz Cheney for my one-party unity ticket. And the whole 2024 election is going to be about make America one party for fucking real in front of everybody. Suck it, peasants. So there's truth. That's a good idea. There's Damn. truth to calling him the Satan. What's your name, Convo Couch? Pasta. Oh, you're Pasta. Okay, nice yes. to meet you. Nice so they call you. him the Satan. And I, I was shown a vision uh, two weeks ago. I saw cows being corralled. And then I learned, oh, there's 2,000 people a week coming into Florida. So, and in Miami, it's very much you feel the police state. On the boardwalk, every couple of miles, the five of the Cinco Geo poles are up. And so do you think that as Satan is the the has is is fooling, he's fooling the people. Do you think that is there's any truth to corralling people here and then trapping them in Florida? I don't know if it's just that or if he's just ball. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like I said, I've always things like Steve is always you're cutting DeSantis. out. He can You're tell cutting you out. That. I didn't hear what you said. You're cut. I don't know if it's just. No, I'm just saying. I don't know if that if he's always been that way or if he's just playing ball now. I on that. I don't know too many people who are Guantanamo Bay guards who aren't uh, like uh, who uh, think out of the box. Help me out, guy. That they loved. Um, was he a Guantanamo Bay guard? Right. Yeah, Ron DeSantis was a Guantanamo Bay guard. I don't know too many of those type that are known for really bucking the system or, or well, stepping up. They probably MK Ultra'd him there. You know that, that I can never get over this. And Guantanamo is where they first at least showed us that they use those full like desensitization uh, wraps around your head where they. Well, can... WikiLeaks showed us, but yeah. True. Yeah. And. You know, so they can project whatever imagery and sound. And I'm like, well, there's a good way to like literally brainwash people and break them. And who knows if they were doing that to the guards and shit, too. I don't think it takes that. I think it just takes like, hey, you want to be president someday? You want to be a governor? Like, we got right. to come this way. Well, <laughs> dehumaniz dehumanization took place. De DeSantis desensitization took place. Desanticization. I'll come up with a word. Like You're, almost like You're almost there. You're almost there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. That's good. Desanticize. <laughs> By the way, I just don't know if the guy's playing ball or if it was 
something that was planned all along. You know, I mean, um, do you just wake I, I up one know. morning and decide to be Israel's bitch? Is that like how that works? He's he's De DeSantis is definitely Israel's bitch. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean he is, and like I said, he is a straight up Busano. Like you know, he he was harping about Nicaragua, which by the way, we're talking about the hell with Costa Rica. Get on over to Nicaragua. That's the spot where I want to hang out and have coconuts fall on my head. I need somebody to answer if private citizens can have guns, and I need to figure out if you can buy cops to look the other way with your couple of cannabis plants, because otherwise, dude, we got problems. Dude, I know the weed sucks there. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, it's that whole religious thing. That's the one problem there. But, you know, I mean, uh, it's a it's a new future. So maybe we convince them to, like, you know, produce a lot of cannabis to make toilet paper. Right. You know, or paper or something like we should be doing. Uh, maybe we could swing it that way. And I think there is a license, a certain license you can apply for and have a gun. I believe there is. But it's got to be applied for in special you, situation. Do you think ultimately that Florida would be a trap? If you're in the con, if you're in a five eyes country, if you're alive, you're, you're the, look, man, you have multiple tracking devices surrounding you right now. You do. And, and there are a lot of ways that you can make yourself legitimately more difficult to find, but there's no safety. There's only operational security. You know, there's no guarantee of safety. There's no guarantee of anonymity. There's only operational security. And that applies in every facet of your life to the degree of seriousness that you personally choose to take it. You know? But, I mean, again, scope of experience determines relatability. Miriam, you know better than most, like, what happens when, you know, like, the media that was friendly to you decides to turn on you or ignore you when people stop taking, you know, like, what backlash looks like because of what you spoke, you know. So, I mean, it you take all of that into consideration. Just buying time. So I want to say that to that effect. I was, it was New Year's Eve, and I was at the Pink Taco dancing up a storm, and I walked out and I saw a, a microphone so I'm like, are you doing a math street? And it's a channel called, excuse me, what? And so I grabbed the mic and I'm like, it's the B lady. They cut me up. They made me look so cuckoo for Cocoa Pops. But at the end, I'm like, it's a pandemic. But guess what? It, it blew up in their face because people went searching for me. And all this to say, I did a live on Instagram. And for the first time, I had 4,000 people. And the day after, can't do any more lives, Miriam. You're fucked there too. But it was short. It was short-lived. I was like, I burst through the echo chamber, and people wanted to know how did you heal lupus. That's what they were coming to find me. God forbid you can reverse an autoimmune condition. But anyway, all that to say, now I'm banned indefinitely. On I didn't even know you could do a live on Instagram. It's it's so sad. For viral union alumni, I feel like we should shout out Alex Stein. This little moment. He blew up. He blew up with his viral video. Do you have any audio of that, Mike? Uh, I probably I might have a little bit of it. Let's see. I might have his rap. Good. People did not know what to make of that. 
Oh, there so were a lot awesome. of people that were convinced that he was like serious. They didn't understand it was so joke. awesome. It was so awesome. Oh, oh it was so good. What I about love the, other, guy who the other video the he did? Yeah. yeah. The other one about, about being the uh, paralyzed Halliburton employee from Iraq. <laughs> about the guy laying pipe with his wife. Holy oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. I came apart when I saw that one, man. <laughs> It, his his commitment to the bit is admirable. It really uh, he's, is. He's got something. That kid has got something. He's going places. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't uh, think I have it. I, I I pulled it, but I never I never clipped it out. So sorry about that, Alex. I'll, 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 yeah. I but oh man, dude, just shout out to to him for the, he fooled ABC News. Yeah. He's this just, thing says that Alex Stein do. died. Is he dead? No. Okay. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. So. Yeah, I didn't know what you're talking about, so I looked up Alex Stein, and it says anti-masker Alex Stein dies of COVID-19. But that was last year. So oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right? Also, this guy, this guy, Alex Stein, went to, a, I don't know where he was, some Dallas City Council. Some Dallas City Council. And dressed he, in scrubs and... <laughs> Masks and he did the does dance. A little and, rap of, of oh, it was great. Get the oh, I saw that. I didn't the vaccination freak a week. Yes, thank you. Yeah, here he is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh god, I heard about this today yeah. because we got to vaccinate our children. You know, we really don't have enough vaccines, like, they're not mandatory, and that's the problem. We got to mandate these vaccines. So, I've figured a way where I think we can make it, I don't know, like. I guess more hip and uh, cool for uh, my phone's not working. I'm trying to get, I want to, what I want to say is we got to vaccinate our kids. We have to vaccinate them fast and early, but of course my phone's not playing, but I had a song that I wanted to do. And of course it never works when, when you're trying to Fauci, please. We'll just have to freestyle. Will the real Dr. Fauci please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Vaccinate your mom. Vaccinate your dad. Vaccinate the happy. Vaccinate the sad. Vaccinate your babies. Vaccinate them. Even if they got rabies. Vaccinate my life. He did that for like four minutes. Like uh, freestyle oh, yeah. rapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just went for it. They didn't cut him off. to hip hop. <laughs> that went viral. He even, he even put sand hand sanitizer over his head at one point. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, Before. So, uh, do you want to start plugging everyone's shows before we wind okay. things down? Great. Pasta, you want to go first? Yeah, couch. Pasta. Yes, sir. Just, I think I'm cutting in and out. That's yes. all right. Oh, you want to, uh, hear you got a URL, you want to plug your show, tell people what you do? Well, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, check out the Combo Couch on Rockfin. You know, we've been over there for quite some time. It's one of the only platforms that really lets us speak our voice, you know. Uh, like I said, I would probably define us to a lot of new people, you know, some people on the other side of the uh, spectrum. I don't like to use it anymore. I like to follow Lindsay's rules, right? Let's not, let's break that down. But uh, as common sense leftist, you know, and um, we talk a lot about elections over there. We talk a lot about COVID-19. Uh, it it kind of was a little bit, I guess, unfortunate for our financial stage that we had back-to-back hummers that where we were necessarily 
we were on the side of fair elections. So we got dinged and we were told we were right wing Nazis. And obviously with the COVID, now we're told we're conspiracy theorists, right wing, uh, alt right crazies. So uh, but that's who we are. That's the combo couch. My partner, Fiorella. She's also on Twitter. We're both on Twitter. You can check us out. We have a combo couch Twitter. Um, don't know about getting a getter, but thinking about doing that. Who knows? We'll see. But yeah, check out the combo couch. You can always go to the combo couch dot com. Uh, there's ways to help out the show, uh, ways to donate. Uh, we like to get boots on the ground. We just covered elections in Nicaragua and Honduras. It was amazing. I cried because they had public counting. We don't have that. Um, so if anybody wants to talk elections, hit me up, give me a call, and we can do so. Thanks so much for having me on. I told my mom I'm on the Union on the Wanted. I made it tonight. So here I am. I made it, Ma. Miriam. <laughs> I'll go next. My mom would just look at me like I was an asshole if I told her that and be like, yeah, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> uh, but I'm proud. I'm proud of all of us. And uh, if people want to check out uh, Rogue Ways is my main show. And then I also do Middle Pass Sundays, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. I also frequent Day Zero with Charlie Robinson here and our other good friends on Sundays uh, on Rockfin and Rockman is the best place, really. It is the only place left that seems not to censor people. And so I love that about Rockman. Uh, and you can also go to rogueways.org to find all the other stuff I do, my books and other things. So thanks so much for inviting me tonight. It's always awesome to hang out with you guys. Awesome. I guess I'll go next. Well, yeah, thank you guys. Always an honor to be here with you. Love all you guys so much. It's so cool to be on this show with you guys. So, uh, yeah, Scott, I'm one of... Three uh, of the three-headed monster, Truthzilla. Uh, you're at, we're at truthzilla.org. Uh, pretty much the main home for us is also on Rockfin. All the podcast players and ways to follow and support us are at truthzilla.org. So thank you guys so much. Love your show, brother. Thank you. <laughs> I'll jump in. I'm Steve. I have a show called Slow News Day. You can find it here on Rockfin. Uh, we have a, a website getting rebuilt that's going to have all kinds of incredible stuff on it. That's slownewsdayshow.com. Um, all available links and most social media stuff is at Slow News Day Show, no matter what site you're on. Uh, thank you, guys. This is awesome. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, and uh and yeah this is the the best damn podcast uh out there it is steve sucks on bitcoin by the way and i'm gonna debate his ass on it thank you <laughs> pasta misrepresents my position for clicks because he needs to all right uh um, lady yes miriam. hi i'm miriam hinane aka the b lady and uh, I'm going to be joining Rockfin, which I was saying Rothkin, um, I admittingly. And I'm going to be hosting Lindsay this Thursday on a show that I co-host called The Quantum Woo. I'm currently still working on my book on George Floyd and uh, accompanying documentary. And I'm about to release probably on Vaxter and an ebook a six-part series on how the mRNA jabs from hell work, breaking it down and following up with a uh, aggregation of protocols on how to heal. I'm a functional medicine consultant, a journalist best known for directing the film Vanishing of the Bees. And uh, you can find me around on Gab as Lady B. Thank you so much for having me today to talk about the deadly insurrection. 
most dangerous day in <laughs> democracy's history or something like that. Macroaggressions available on Rockfin, also on band.video and iconic and you can get uh, my website is the octopus of global control.com information about my books midnight mike yes uh obdm check out our big dumb mouth go to obdmpod.com we stream live wednesdays at 7 p.m eastern standard time saturdays at noon and i've been talking about uh, hollow earth and arby's lately so check out the show it's it's somewhat fantastic. fun it's somewhat fun so see everyone in a couple weeks. Thank you, guys. Peace. Bye. Hi, everyone. God bless. God bless you. Hi, nice you. Great job. Nice meeting you. I appreciate your call, sir. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Great job. Man, what is going on with our phone system? We have a phone system failure. Okay, there's definitely something wrong with our phone system.